Welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay and she's Sarah and we are marine biologists in recovery and today we're talking about Hercules. In case you haven't guessed, we like this movie. Um, in particular, we're talking about the Disney Hercules from the 90s. And ugh, it's so good. It's so good. Hercules is just a delightful galumph. And Meg is amazing. And mm-hmm. Pegasus is adorable. And yep. yeah, and the songs are good. Songs and are good. The, yeah, the Greek chorus, like the the Urn ladies are amazing. Everything's Ugh. great. There's a question here. Were you obsessed with Greek mythology when you were 16? Lindsay asked that question, and the answer to that is yes. Actually, yes. it was probably earlier than 16. I think, I think it was too. I think we did it in grade 8. I don't, When we weren't supposed to. Mm, I don't remember if we real. Oh, we did study it in school, but I don't know when. Around there, like middle school-ish. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I was super obsessed with it. We did like... In probably grade five or six, we did stuff about like different storytelling and myths, and like we talked about like Aesop's fables and Greek legends and all that stuff. Um, yeah, super obsessed. Uh, and I would definitely got more into like Greek mythology versus Roman mythology. I don't know why. Yeah, we did some of that. I think it was grade eight, and then I took a class because I needed a Ooh, nice an arts class. So I took a Greek mythology like one hundred level, and they started with the trailer to Troy, and I was like, this could be a good class. <laughs> Excellent. And it was a good class. Excellent. Oh, Greek mythology. Yeah, no, I never took it in university, but I do have, I actually just grabbed it because um, it was a gift from my parents. This is going to sound really funny, but tells you about how we feel about religion growing up. Um, for my confirmation at church, which is like when you become an adult <laughs> in the church, my parents gave me a book called Wings, and it's about um, Icarus and Daedalus uh, from Greek legend. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good times. I do not go to church anymore. <laughs> but anyways, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful book. It's by Jane Yolen and Dennis Nolan, and it's like an illustrated, like the large form picture book, like with the one page of lots of words and one page of beautiful um, mm. illustrations. It's just gorgeous. I'm just looking at it now, and I love it. Um, But yes, we are talking about Hercules, which has nothing to do with that. Although it did just make me think about how once Lynn tweeted about how um, not only do like history teachers love Mm. him because it makes teaching American history easier, but Mm. also um, everybody knows who Icarus is now because of Hamilton. Also, (laughs) yeah, 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 from that one, the song. So nice. Yeah, he's helping everybody out everywhere. Indeed. He's the best. Indeed. Um, so, Lindsay, who's your favorite creature uh, from Hercules? Uh, baby Pegasus. Well, yes, I was asking that for the benefit of our listeners, because I knew. Because once upon a time, we went to Disneyland, and they uh-huh. had, like, baby everything. But they didn't uh-huh. have baby Pegasuses. Ugh. And it was so sad, because baby Pegasus... But I did find one. Was it at the uh, the next time we went to Disney uh, Yeah, World? they just... I think they either, like, had didn't have it, or it was sold out, because it's the best... Yeah, it was yeah. when we went to Disney World that we got it. But yeah. yeah. And then I gave it to my sister, and now my nephew plays with it. And Ugh. the blanket that he was wrapped in comes out, and now he lays Pegasus down and tucks him in with his oh, That's and adorable. So a 16th month old tucking in a stuffed baby Pegasus is probably the cutest thing that's ever happened. Pretty much. 
pretty much. Um, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about Pegasus's? Yeah, I'm just going to say before we go into some yeah. of the science that before you at us, we know that there is a lot of issues with oh, this yeah. movie from a Greek mythology standpoint. Namely, Hercules is not Hera's son. We know Zeus was a dick and put his stuff in everybody. Yeah. But this is a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you want to know more about all of that, you can read some of the IMDb trivia because it goes on forever. Oh, yeah. But also just look into Greek mythology and you can find out all of the issues and all of the yes. things that Disney changed so that it could be a Disney movie that was 90 minutes long. Please don't yes. message us. We already know. <laughs> we know. But also, yeah, we're talking also about the creatures specifically as they're represented in this movie, not in actual Greek mythology. Correct. Yes. So Pegasus is a mythical winged divine horse. A lot of words that mean kind of the same thing. Um, and one of the most recognized creatures in Greek mythology. Pegasus is an offspring of Poseidon? That's weird. What? what? Oh man, those Greeks did not understand biology. <laughs> no. Anyway, just like we talked about with dragons in last week's episode and before, this is a thing that isn't a mythology because they have six appendages and no animals that we know of have those. And how does that work in general is the whole question about um, mythological animals yes. but with horses uh, they'd be way too heavy Yeah, way too heavy even for those big wings um, as we've discussed before as well birds have hollow boats and even the big ones weigh not that much please hold while my blinds flap around so birds have hollow boats so they really don't weigh that much and that's how they're able to fly especially even the big ones that you see are probably going to be less than 10 kilos mm-hmm um, and horses are not plus kilos. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, for for wings that could fit on their body, there's no way. There's no way that they could fly. Also, like, have you looked at a horse? They are not, like, aerodynamic from, like, no, when they're... No, not at all. Like, when they're running, like, with their heads down and stuff, they are. But, like, if they're not using their legs, if their legs are just flapping around, like, yeah. Yeah. Not, not good. Although, I think in this movie, Pegasus, like, flies both by flapping his wings and running in the air, which is also not how air works. <laughs> no, not really. He fly He's able to do a lot of things that... Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, he's a Disney sidekick, so he's a dog, but yes. a horse with wings. Indeed. And, which um, is fine. and also, he's a mythical divine creature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. And, again, it's one of those things... We talked about this a bit in our Hobbit episode about the history of dragons and how it's fascinating like this aside from the fire breathing thing this is a quadruped with wings and it exists in the lore and you know and dragons existed somewhere else pegasus doesn't breathe fire but you know other than that like if you found the if you found a, the bones fossils of a pegasus and the fossils of a dragon yeah they'd be pretty much very similar indeed Except the pegasus one would be a horse with wings and dragons are just <laughs> quadruped shaped? I don't know. Or like dinosaur. And yeah, dinosaur yeah. shaped, yeah. Probably the second most like frequent in the movie mythical animal related creature is the satyr, which is Phil, uh, who's played by Danny DeVito. And mm -hmm. classically in Greek mythology, um, satyrs are uh, a male nature spirit with ears and a tail resembling those of a horse, as well as a permanent exaggerated erection. Um, <laughs> so obviously they changed some of that for the Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. 
so basically they're yeah um and then over the course of greek um greek history they became more like goat like which is what i sorry since the renaissance um satyrs have been represented with more like the legs and horns of a goat which is seems to be more like what um phil is Mm -hmm. rather than horse like is more goat like so and satyrs often would cavort with nymphs other female Mm -hmm. nature spirits um yeah uh i don't really have much to say about phil because he's delightful and um basically does not act really anything like an animal he's just a human that has he's he eats grass sometimes. Oh, he does eat grass. Yeah. Goats eat grass. It. They are ruminants. They have extra stomachs to help them digest grass. There's yeah, your yeah. science fact. Um, science fact. Also, yeah. why did the Greeks have a horseman that had two legs and then also a horseman centaur that had all four um, legs? I'm not really sure. So, oh, it says here, early artistic representations, sometimes it did include horse-like legs with a human upper body so more centaur like Mm -hmm. but then they sort of evolved i think basically there was like a like body humor involved with satyrs sort of Mm -hmm. like um Mm -hmm. uh, and like a body and obscene humor so they wanted that's where like where the permanent exaggerated erection comes in and so there was like they made them sort of more human like to make it funnier and also more obscene yeah so i think that's where that comes in um, some people would also like another name for, um, satyrs is fawns, like the nature spirit fawn, not the actual fawns. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but yes, I think that, yeah, Phil is more of the goat variety than the horse variety. Definitely. Which, yes, is good. Um, there is a Cerberus in this yes. movie, the three headed dog, but mm-hmm. if you want to hear about that, you can listen to our Harry Potter episode because we Indeed. talk about three headed dogs in that one. Yes. And he's only in it for like three seconds in this movie when Hades is down there. Yeah. And they're singing about him. Yeah, super quick. Super quick. Um, I guess probably one of the main mythical creatures that um, is associated with Hercules is Hydra. So in Greek mythology, the Hydra is like a many-headed beast that when you cut off a head, more heads grow. And... Hey, I've heard that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and yeah. Marvel, etc. Which comes back as we're taping this tomorrow. Very excited. Anyways, um, okay, so there are is an actual um, genus of actual Hydra. Well, not actual Hydra, as depicted in this. But they are a um, genus of freshwater Cnidarians, which uh, the phylum Cnidaria includes things like jellyfish and sea anemones and then Mm -hmm. in that family there's a class of hydrozoans and within that is the hydra and so they basically are like a tube that has grippy bits at one end that like attach them to the ground and then um a tube and then at the end of the tube there's a mouth with all these one to twelve thin mobile tentacles um each tentacle or nida or which is where the thing comes in where the Mm. um the phylum name comes in, uh, they have these little stinging cells called nidocytes, and they're basically like little stingy cells that have barbed hooks on the end, like teeny tiny microscopic ones. Um, if you've ever touched a sea anemone at like an aquarium or at a tide pool or whatever, and they feel sticky, it's because the little teeny tiny hooks are sticking into your skin like little tiny Velcro hooks. Um, yeah. And that's also how the toxins from jellyfish uh, get into you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So anyways, these Hydra um, have these tentacles and their tentacles can um, regenerate. Mm -hmm. So Hydra can undergo uh, morphalaxis or tissue regeneration. Basically, they can do this both in the case of like trauma, but also they reproduce by budding. So they just like make a little baby bud off the side of them like a plant and then it buds off and turns into a new hydra if you cut one in half each half will regenerate and turn into a new hydra um they've like done things where they like smush them through uh like a grid and they all turn into yeah all into turn turn into new (laughs) new little hydra i mean note that these are like fairly tiny animals that don't really have much in the way of a nervous system. Like, they have some no, sensory cells but and I love the ganglia. Area, so yeah. I was sad, No, I know. But... They are cute. And often, like, this was usually with really, really tiny ones. Um, yeah. I don't know how big they get. I don't know either. But now I'm just thinking about how good my impression of a, of a gel, uh, sea anemone swimming is. And hmm. you guys will never get to see it because this is an audio medium. <laughs> That's okay. When I was talking about touching a sea anemone, my, like, pinky finger demonstrating how just to like, appropriately. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you touch the tentacles with your pinky finger. That's how it works. I was like, yeah. Anyways. Yep. Gotta know. Gotta know. Gotta know. There's also um, a species, genus, or something in hmm. an area called Medusa. So basically, um, the people who are in charge of naming uh, yeah. jellies and tsunamis had just watched Hercules? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the Medusa is a different like stage of the life cycle of Nidarians. Right, that's what it is. Yeah. I couldn't remember. So I knew it was in there somewhere. When they do sexual reproduction. Yeah, so basically if like when things are good, the Hydra is just like making new buds like day, almost every other day. Um and then during harsh conditions or like right before the winter, uh they will undergo sexual reproduction and that's um uh yeah, so then they'll change from this polyp oh, sorry. Um so the genus Hydra um, is always in this polyp phase, like a, a stalk that's attached to the ground with a tentacle sticking up. Um, but other members of the class Hydrozoa go from this polyp form, which is like the, in their case, like a juvenile phase, and then alternate into an adult form called a medusa, which is like a jellyfish. Yeah, so Hydromedusa, or sorry, Hydrozoans that have a complete life cycle, it's kind of like, um, well, it's not kind of like, it is metamorphosis because they have like two very distinct life stages. So they do this polyp thing, like the Hydra that we were just talking about. And then when they get big enough and old enough, the Hydra kind of like pop off into uh, sort of strobilates and turns into a Medusa. And then the Medusa is a jellyfish. So it like flips upside down, detaches from the substrate and bobs around and does its jellyfish thing. Yeah. Very cute. So. so many things you didn't know you wanted to know about Nidarians. Mm-hmm. Also, we watched Hercules. <laughs> also, that's how we roll here. If you're trying to look up things about Nidarians, you should know that it starts with the letter C. <laughs> C, because <laughs> Latin. Yes, or Greek. I think I'm not sure. Anyways, it's C N I. You'll get there once you get, get to yeah. C N I D. C N I D A R I A. Nidaria. Um, or man. check out our social media posts very soon because I'm posting a lot of stuff about jellyfish Yay. and how they're not actually fish but that's a whole other thing that we'll get to later indeed um 
Anyway, and I can just see a pigeon through the cracks in my blinds. Oh. It's very distracting. Crazy. Um, um, one thing in this film, when Hercules uh, gets eaten by the Hydra, and then he cuts his way out, um, if you look at the cross-section, it looks like it is a vertebrate cross-section, like it's got a, a spinal cord when mm, he cuts its way yeah. out, which is inaccurate, because if there was a spinal cord in each head, then the animal would have multiple spinal cords, and that's not yep. how spinal cords work. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> also, they made the the blood green so that the children wouldn't be upset. True. Which has nothing to do with science, but, you know. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of these creatures that we were talking about have, like, traits in common with multiple animals. And in mythology, that is a term known as a chimerism, or a chimera. Um, and so a chimera, ooh, it comes from the Greek for she-goat, which is fun. <laughs> um, so... Originally, it described a particular monstrous, fire-breathing creature uh, of a lion and a goat. That oh, mm-hmm. like it's it's like both heads. It's got a lion head and a goat head, and maybe a tail with a snake head on the end. Um, yeah, I think it had a bunch of different things at yeah. one point, didn't it? Yeah. But then, since then, the term chimera has been used to describe uh, mythical or fictional creatures with body parts from different animals. Um, so. Uh, centaurs pegasus um what was the other one minotaurs minotaurs which is like the bull man thing in the labyrinth in greek mythology Mm -hmm. theseus yes a lot of yeses yep Uh, lots and lots of them so good and so randomly jewish (laughs) i don't know (laughs) so good so great in biology there is a fish that is um has the Latin name uh, to do with chimera. Lindsay, do you know what that one is? Chimeriformes? No, are you thinking of coelacanths? Nope, I am not thinking of coelacanths. Oh. I'm thinking no. of chimeriformes. You've seen them before. I, I know, know I know and that. And they are cartilaginous name. fish. No, I got nothing. Ratfish. Ratfish, that's hey. what it is. I knew it. Yeah, there's lots, um, of, there's lots of other ones, but the one that is here is the spotted ratfish, and it's a fish that looks like a rat that lives in pretty dark, deep waters here off our coast. It doesn't really look like a rat. Don't worry, everybody. It well, it's got a big rat. eyes. It has big eyes and a pointy nose, and it's gray. <laughs> it looks uh-huh. like kind of like a rat. Rat head, fish body. Yeah, and they are um, cartilaginous fish, so they're very distinctly related to sharks and rays, and there's a whole bunch of other ones, ghost sharks and rabbit fish and all that stuff are in the class... Or in the order Chimeriformes. Anyways, that was my trivia for Lindsay. No, um, I was like, I'm like, it's it's there. I know it's there. Chimeriformes <laughs> sounds really familiar, but yep. do you know how many fish there are? Um, no. <laughs> a lot. More than 12. And then there's also a genetic um, concept of Chimera. Chimera? Um, chimerism. And that's basically in one organism, you have cells that have multiple genotypes inside the same cell. Mm-hmm. It was uh, an episode of CSI. Oh, yeah. So it can happen in lots of different ways. In plants, you can end up with like two different colored flowers. Germline chimerism happens when the germ cells, which is like a sperm or an egg cell of an organism, aren't genetically identical to itself. And um, some marmosets can carry the reproductive cells of their twin siblings, um, oh. which is weird. It's, although weird. this says here that marmosets always give birth to fraternal twins, and that is not true. That's not um, true. Because I have looked after 
single baby marmosets that were not born as twins. So maybe only that's like some species of marmoset, not all species. Um, maybe. Yes, yeah, so it's been documented in humans. Uh, it's happened also with, um, after the fact, with bone marrow recipients, very, very rarely. Um, oh, yeah. That was not the episode of CSI, although I could see that happening. But maybe it was one. It was. There's lots of episodes of lots of that's CSIs. True. The one I remember is he had the reproductive different genes because yeah. he like absorbed his twin in utero, right. I assume, and then he committed a crime, but yeah. they tested him for DNA in his mouth and that didn't match the semen. Mm-hmm. But Grissom figured it out because Grissom always figures it out. <laughs> yeah. Because the guy had a chimera statue, which <laughs> is why I know what chimera statues look like. I need help. <laughs> I've um, been in quarantine for too long. <laughs> It's probably the most famous or the most like recognizable one would be um, tortoise shell and calico cats. Um, hmm. And that's just because it has an, a noticeable external representation. All, often you just would never know. Um, but this is in this case because of the uh, coloring characteristics of the different colors in cats. Um, but yeah, basically they have like genes from different individuals inside of them. So, and it often... In cats, anyways, it has to do with um, uh, like sex, sex-linked traits, like colors. Um, anyways, genetics. Anyways, confusing. Yeah, yeah, they are confusing. <laughs> and then when you throw somebody else's ones in there, they get even more. Yeah. Whew. So yeah, but yeah, like your genetics aren't this aren't as straightforward as um, they lead you to believe. What else would you like to talk about, Hercules? Um, the ridiculous '90s tropes, which oh. I love. Uh, no. Mainly Paul Schaefer, because there's no need for Hermes to play a piano. It's just because it's Paul Schaefer. <laughs> oh, oh, and Air Hercules. Oh, yeah, and the American Express also. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Oh, I love so all the 90s stuff. Um, also, I love Meg. Oh, my God, and her hair is Her hair is amazing. She has one of the best Disney like ever. love songs in any Disney movie ever. And, like, she... She's the one driving the plot, really. Like, Hercules is mm-hmm. there, like, doing his hero thing. But, like, in terms of actually, like, I guess not driving the plot, but driving their story. Yeah. Part of the plot. She's the one driving it. She's not passive. She's the one, like, yeah, driving that ship, which is great. Great. Um, and, yeah, like, her interactions with um, Hades, who's uh, James Woods, is amazing. Amazing. Apparently, this is his, like, favorite role that he's ever done, and he, Mm -hmm. when they were, like, over budget for whatever reason, he, like, offered to take scale instead of his salary, and he, like, comes back and, like, any time that you have Hades from Hercules doing the voice, it's actually James Woods, because he loves doing it, and he comes back any time, like, he won't let somebody else uh, do it, because he loves it so much, which is great. Which is really adorable. I Mm -hmm. wish he wasn't a creepy pervert man. Well, yeah. Anyways, that's just the way that it's going to be. That's the way it is. Um, um, but Meg is fantastic. Pain and Panic are the best. Oh my gosh. Um, They're super funny. My sister and I used to go around going, remember when all the boys were named Jason and all the girls were named Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. Um, yeah. And I love the oracles or the singers or oh. whatever. The so- oh, like the, the muses? Chorus. Yeah, the muses. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. You know the orig- the narrator at the beginning before they interrupt him is Charlton Heston? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Yes. And like basically every other Disney animated movie that's ever happened, they are apparently talking about doing a live action movie of this, but like I'm down mm-hmm. for it as long as they keep the songs. Me too. Yeah. And like the, when they announced it, they were like, we're just, we're all agree that we're just casting Danny DeVito again, right? I hope so. Oh my God. Totally. It's like a James Earl Jones Lion King thing. Like, yeah. why? Like, they based 
They obviously based a lot of his mannerisms off of Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. He's already the correct height. Like, everything will be fine. Yeah. Oh, and there's, like, great. Um, I really, really would like um, uh, Amber Riley from Glee. I think she would be a great oh, one of the muses. She would, her yeah. her voice is insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so oh. many good muses. I don't, I don't know people who are of the age to be a good Hercules, but I'm sure they're out there. Um. <laughs> yeah, and there's so because of the gods, there's so many fun random cameos. Yeah. Like you could have Paul Schaefer in there again, but no one would understand why. <laughs> and like yeah. the Zeus was, I think he was ripped torn, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, um, like it's the cast in this. So it movie could be like it would probably end ridiculous. up being The Rock. Like oh my just gosh, yeah. weighing my odds, and that would be amazing. Like amazing. Hal Holbrook is in this movie. Yeah, like, I know. So many random people. Um, it's just, it's great. Well, I was actually looking up the cast because I have this random memory of seeing a thing that Adina Menzel was a muse and she was the only one person to ever be in, have singing roles in two Disney movies, which is also not true. That's not true. But I was like, what? And she's not. So then one I had to look. Yeah. She's not one of the muses. And also, that's not true. Have you seen Baloo? Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> um, well, but. Um, uh, Susan Egan, who plays Meg, is also, she was the original Belle in the Broadway Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that it was Baby New Earth for a long time. I did too. And I think it's just the way that she's styled. Yeah, and also, maybe. I think as like a young person looking at these like photos of the night from, of Susan Egan from the 90s, she has like the same like bob haircut that bb new earth had for a while so i might have just gotten it confused in my brain Mm -hmm. um but yes she's outstanding tate donovan is the main hercules and he's great um as always uh yeah i just this movie's amazing much amazing amazing so good i mean it doesn't need a live action but i would take it i don't care also i think they could do some really neat stuff if you look closely all over the place, like the curls of people's hair and the curls of like Hercules's ears and like and the any, clouds and the clouds are all sort of that like circular, but like square circular thing from Grecian urns. Like it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that would be super cool to see in a live action, like, or live action, like CGI, like modern um, mm-hmm. stuff. So that would be really cool. And like, just, yeah, like a slightly more, I mean, not to say that the live action movies are actually aimed at an older audience but just like even more in depth of like hercules and meg like their relationship or like just more more stuff there would be great i'm down Mm -hmm. for it yeah Yeah. it just gets tricky when if you look at the source material i know yeah well yeah but i was so i would like them to spin off from this movie directly not go back to the source material if that makes sense yes that's fair yeah i agree yes Um, no i know like not there's terrible yeah. things that happened, especially to women in Greek mythology. Oh, We're not yeah. talking about it's that. It's <laughs> bad. It's bad stuff. We're not a Greek mythology podcast. We talk about science where nothing ever bad happens to women. Nope. Never. Uh, <laughs> or female animals. Never. Ever. Anyway, Hercules is the best. And I hope you enjoyed this really long podcast of us gushing about Hercules with very little <laughs> science in it. I did real science. No, there was real science in it. We did okay. Um... Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you have thoughts also about Hercules or about Nidarians, uh, you can hit us up at Nature Finds a Pod on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. We will be back in two weeks for a much more scientific movie, Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> yes. Quarantine is killing our brains. We can only focus on really bad movies, guys. 
high quality cinematic productions. I will correct you there. <laughs> True. Cannot wait. I haven't watched this since it came out. I'm very excited. Yeah. Also, I love snakes. So yay. Anyways, see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Okay, bye.